God bless you. This is Pastor Paul from the Way Family Church. We welcome you to our podcast, Keeping It Real. Uh, we want to invite you to tune into this uh, podcast uh, any chance you get. Every week, we're going to be re uh, putting up new new teachings, new questions, new, new answers. We also want to encourage you to uh, watch us live on Facebook and, and interact there. You can put up questions there as well. So we are going to be doing this, answering your questions. So be thinking uh, of good Bible questions. Maybe there's something that you've, that you've never been able to get answered. Uh, I may not be able to answer it, but we will try our best or point you to someone that can. So just to let you know that, that we have this broadcast and we want you to tune in and let everybody know that we're here. Keeping it real. God bless you. Hello, everyone. This is Pastor Paul with the Way Family Church and Ryan right here. Our What's up, everybody? Our producer and uh, uh, companion in, in the gospel. Uh, we are going to begin in a word of prayer, and we just want to welcome you that uh, wa are watching this live or those of you that would be watching this um, through the week. Uh, we're going to be talking about the uh, baptism with the Holy Spirit and, and um what that is and the importance of it. And, um, and we'll see if we can get some um, questions going and, and some answers rolling along, along that topic. So let's begin in a word of prayer, okay? Father, in Jesus' name, we invite your spirit, God, in our midst. We thank you, God, that your word says that there is a spirit in man and the inspiration of the Almighty gives us understanding we ask for your inspiration we ask for your understanding we ask god that the rivers will flow from our spirits this night in jesus name amen amen praise the lord so um this topic is is um such a good topic and i want to say that um it's this one right here is is um as as all of them are uh, but particularly this one is I'm speaking from my heart, from my own desire for wanting more of God. I don't know about you, but I'm not satisfied with my portion. I want more. And we're going to talk about how to get more of God. But before we do that, we're going to talk about the, what is the baptism um, with the Holy Spirit. Uh, it is when uh, the believer re receives the infilling of the Spirit. Now remember last week we talked about being born of the Spirit and we're going to be show you some scriptures that discuss uh, that it's not enough to be born of the Spirit. We have to be filled with the Spirit and there, there's, a, there's a really good reason for it. But I want to ask you a question uh, tonight and that is when did the disciples get born again? Because we know that in Acts chapter 2 that they received, that's when they, the Spirit of God came in the upper room. And, but they, they, they had had to have gotten born again, saved prior to that. Or I guess they could have got saved at that moment. But it is definitely a prerequisite that before you can be filled with the Spirit, you got to be born of the Spirit. So that's my question. When did the disciples get born again? And 
Um, somebody might, might say, well, I, re I never really thought about it. I thought that they were, they, I thought they were saved. Well, no, nobody could get saved until Jesus went to the cross, died, rose again. Then and only then could you really get saved. Like Abraham, Moses, all the Old Testament, Elijah, all those, all those people, they weren't saved. Now they were followers of God and they're in heaven now, but nobody could get saved until Jesus paid the price for our sins. So in the New Testament sense, they weren't saved and neither were the disciples. So my question is, is it recorded in the scriptures when they got saved I, I, or got born again? or born of the spirit. I believe it is. Um, I'm just gonna give you the references because I don't wanna take a lot of time in, in, in reading this portion of scripture, but for your own, if you're taking notes, you might wanna look up Luke chapter 24, uh, verses 44 and 45. And the background of that is you remember after Jesus died and rose again from the dead, that they were up in the upper room, they had the doors locked. Remember Jesus walked right through the doors and came in and he ministered to them and uh, he told them about the scriptures uh, concerning himself that he had to die and rise again from the dead. And then verse 45 says this, Luke 24, 45. It says, then he opened their understanding that they might understand the scriptures. Now, they evidently hadn't had their understanding open because why would he have to open up their understanding if they already had had that happen to them? This is when I believe they got born again and were able to comprehend the scriptures. Job chapter 32 verse eight says, but there is a spirit in man and the inspiration of the almighty gives them understanding so that that happened inside them now John's gospel remember he also records remember they were up there Thomas wasn't there Jesus walks through the door remember, remember the, the, that's the same that's John's rendition of what we just read in Luke and this is what John has to say as the father has sent me this is John chapter 20 verses 21 and 22 as the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. Then he breathed on them and told them, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, if that's all there was to it, why did they have to have that happen again in the upper room? This is when they got born again. This is when Jesus uh, uh, gave them an understanding of the scripture. So this is when, when they got born again. So read that on your own, but it's important to know uh, just to follow through what we talked about last week, being born again, being filled with the Spirit. So we got a question from Jake Romero. He wants to know, is it possible to be baptized at a young age? Uh, you talking about baptized in the Spirit or, 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 or water baptized? Let's do both. Okay. Um, a person can get water baptized uh, when they're at the age of accountability. And so that could be as a child. Now you can't baptize a baby because the baby hasn't committed sins yet and they don't know what's going on. Uh, but as a child, you can, get, you can get water at the age of accountability, whatever age that is, whenever you know right and wrong, whenever you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. It could be at the age of six, it could be at the age of five, maybe at the age of four. So, Who knows? so is it is it 
Is it when a kid can consciously know why Jesus died for them? Yep. That would be the age of accountability. That, so that could be as early as they can understand that. As early as they can understand. Which un- is most likely right around like, I would say seven, eight. Yep, could be. six-year-olds can, can know, but to fully understand, I think like a seven-year-old could probably fully understand. Yeah, so a person can be water baptized as a child, and they can also be baptized with the Holy Spirit as a child as well. So as what's well. the difference between water baptism and baptizing the Holy Spirit? Well, the, the difference, actually in, in the book of Hebrews, uh, we can kind of get off on a different subject, but you can read that on your own. It's in Hebrews chapter 5, where it talks about laying aside again the elementary doctrines of Christ of baptisms. Baptisms is in the plural, so there's more than one kind of baptism. One of them, one of the baptisms um, is performed by the Holy Spirit, because the Bible says by one spirit have we been baptized into the body of Christ. So that's a baptism that the Holy Spirit does. And, and you can read that in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. So there's that baptism, plural. There's that baptism. There's another baptism where the preacher baptizes you. In that case, the preacher is the baptizer. He's baptizing uh, a, a person of accountability, uh, baptizing them in water. So there's, there's preacher baptism. Then there is the baptism um, of the Holy Spirit. And the baptizer on that one is Jesus. He baptize, baptizes you with the Holy Spirit. We're gonna be talking about that. Then there's another baptism uh, when uh, James and John, they wanted to, to, to a position, they were, they were jonesing for a position, and Jesus asked them this question, are you able to be baptized with the baptism that I am to be baptized with? And, and so there's, there's about four baptisms there, there might be more than that. So there's about four or five, maybe more baptisms okay, good. in the scriptures. So, um, uh, so keep the questions coming. We, we, we love it uh, when we're able to, uh, to do that. Uh, so this is in Acts chapter 8. And I want to show you from, from these verses here. Um, I won't take a lot of time to read them because I, I want to get into uh, the, the bottom section of this. But I just want to, what I dis- not discovered, but what was really em- re-emphasized to, to me today as I was preparing for this is that to not to be baptized with the Holy Spirit was was not an option. They, it was mandated. It, it was so important to the early church that they be baptized with the Holy Spirit in addition to being born again. And that is near and dear to my heart uh, because I've run into a lot of Christians that maybe they're baptized in the spirit, but they don't, they don't even pray in tongues anymore. And unfortunately, I, 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 well, at least for tonight, that's such a big subject. I'm not going to go into even talk about speaking in tongues. There's some Christians that, that they have never received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so um, they, they just, they, they don't really, they don't realize the importance of it. So we've, we've really lost 
I don't know if you would use the, the it's not an urgency, but just the imperativeness of being filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, and so you can read that in, in Acts chapter 8. I'm going to skip that. But that's Acts chapter 8, verses 14 through 17. It talks about the, the, a revival that took place in Samaria and how they needed to be filled with the Holy Spirit. But here's one that, that, I, that, that is awesome. Um, in Acts chapter 9, you're familiar with Saul of Tarsus. And Saul of Tarsus uh, was a man with blood in his hands. He, he was a man that was enraged. As I've read the book of Acts and, and just his life, you know, dozens and dozens of times, I know that that man was definitely, um, up, I would say, possessed. Not possessed like... like, like Physical possession? Yeah, he, he, was, he was demonized with a religious zeal and to the point that he imprisoned people. Uh, people were, were put to death. Uh, under his his sanction, uh, and he thought that he was doing God a service. Like Jesus said, the day will come that whosoever kills you would think that he's doing good. Saul thought he was doing good. But talking about how how a powerful of, of a, an experience that he had, you remember when he was on the road to Damascus, he was on the way to do more... Uh, Persecution. Persecution. Christian, uh, not Christian, but religious mafia kind of stuff. Just out, out to, to harass people and intimidate them. Well, um, evid evidently the church was praying and he happened to be there when, when um, Stephen was martyred. And um, so I can, I, this is worth the whole study, but we'll, we'll pass on that. But I just wanted to bring out the fact that he was there. And he heard, he saw, he saw Stephen's last words, Father, lay not this sin to their charge. And I know that that penetrated his spirit. He probably thought, what kind of, what would make a man say that to his murderers? The church was praying. The church was under persecution. Saul is on the road of vengeance in the name of the Old Testament, in the name of Jehovah, so he thought, he has an encounter with the living God. I used to think that he got knocked off his horse, but it never says he was on a horse. It never says anything about a horse or a mule. But it just simply says, when that happened, he fell to the ground. And what made him fall to the ground was pure Holy Ghost, raw energy that zapped him and all of his companions and he got converted. Now he didn't pray the sinner's prayer, watch, listen to this, but he got converted, which shows you that, that as long as you open your heart, in this situation when, when, when God touched Saul, it, it was a sovereign move of God, I believe in a response to prayer and it did not follow protocol. He didn't come up and pray a prayer. He, he, you know, he didn't attend classes in order how to be saved. He didn't even know about being saved. He thought he was saved. So God 
this light hits him, the power of God hits him, and he instantly knew who it was. Because deep down in his heart, he knew. He said, who are you, Lord? He wouldn't have said that if he wasn't saved, if he didn't. So this encounter, he immediately, and the Bible says in Romans chapter 10, you can't say that Jesus is Lord, but by the Holy Spirit. So he's, he knows it's Lord. He just don't know who that Lord is yet. Then the Lord said, I am Jesus. Can you imagine what he felt when he realized he had been wrong? And Jesus said, he said, I am Jesus whom you have been persecuting. And it's hard for you, Saul. You're doing all this, but it, you're the one that, that it's hard for. It's hard for you to kick against the gold, goads. He, it says he was trembling. And he wasn't trembling because he was scared. He was trembling because he was pulsating with such power. Raw Jesus in his face. I am Jesus whom you are persecuting. So he trembling and astonished. Now notice he says, Lord. So he saved. What do you want me to do? He didn't say what, what you know, what classes should I take? What Bible college should I? He's ready to move. He said, Lord, he said, Paul was Saul. The old Saul was a mover and a shaker. So now God chose him because now he's going to be a mover and a shaker for God. And he's ready to roll. He says, Lord, let's tell me, what do you want me to do? Then the Lord said, arise. I'm not going to tell you yet, Saul. You go to the city and I'll tell you when you get over there. And so, you know what happened? There was a man, a disciple named Ananias that was just in prayer. And uh, I heard that somebody, I don't know what preacher, I heard this from the other day. Somebody said that Ananias probably wasn't the first one that the Lord told to go to Saul. Somebody, this person said the Lord had probably gone to different people and he said, no, nah, I'm not going to him. I'm not going over there. They were too scared to, to even mess. Because he persecuted He persecuted everybody. He, he was the big bully in town, even though he thought he was working on God's side. So I think that's why when, when he got that, and he's like, I'm ready to go because he thought he was already doing God's work. And then Jesus showed up and said, no, you're not doing my work. This is what I want you to do. Of course he would take off and be like, oh, Okay, now I actually got directions. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know. Like, if I was praying and, and God told me to go to, you know, some notorious guy, uh, I'd, I'd be honest with you, I'd really, really want to know if, if it was the, it was <laughs> the Lord. Be, you would be praying. I well, ain't going there. It would be like Jacob <laughs> wrestling. Yeah. Like, that's what he did. It's like, when God tells you to do something, he doesn't usually tell you to do easy stuff. No. It's always against, it's always stretching your faith. So it's always something that's big and imaginative. Yep. So that's, and that's what kind of proves that it's God because it's outside of your means. Like it has to be done. Like God will give you easy stuff, but when he wants you to stretch, he's going to make you stretch. Yep. And the thing is, and you see that there might be somebody watching that you might be feeling that right now. Um, uh, if, 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 if it didn't, require God to do it, then, then you could do it. 
you can do it. But if, if, if the mere fact that God wants you to do his work, we're going to need his help. This, this is beyond uh, our human efforts. And so... Um, so do you feel that Saul was taken over by the Holy Spirit at, after he went to the, the city? Like, do you think he received a baptism right then from Jesus himself? Well, that's what we're going to go into right now. Okay. I got a real quick, another question from Jake. He said, people outside the church get really scared when they hear believers speak in divine tongues. What does the Holy Spirit, what does the Holy Spirit causes in a person when they first receive it? So how, how do they know that it's the Holy Spirit? Well, uh. They, they would know it's the Holy Spirit. I can give you a verse. Would be um, uh, Romans chapter eight, where it says uh, after verse twenty-six. No, actually Romans eight fourteen would be around verse sixteen. Romans eight sixteen. It says that God's Spirit bears witness with our spirit. Uh, and so there's 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 a witness. Uh, a lot of times people do things uh, thinking it's God and it's not God. It's it, it's the flesh. So how would we know it's the Holy Spirit? I heard a man uh, um, say that it, it's sort of like when you actually Ryan had to leave right now. I'm going to tell him he had to leave because the cat came and. Uh, so he's not here right now because he had to take the cat. But I want to use the cat as an example. How do you know it's God? When you rub a cat, if you know, you're rubbing, if you run towards the direction that the fur goes, it's smooth. But if you rub the opposite direction, it's going to be rough. I was just telling you, Ryan, I said, I said you went and took the, took, took the cat. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm using the cat as, a, as an example to answer that question. Oh, yeah. when, you, when you go the opposite way, it doesn't it, 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 it doesn't feel right and it's the same way with God when when it's not God see a lot of times people do things in the name of God to get attention with with personal motives with personal motives and so when we so a lot of times with the Holy Spirit maybe do it and it scares people but it's not really the Holy Spirit it's 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 it might be me doing something to get attention so, so say hi to Polly and Tanya. They're in here. Hallelujah. God bless you. All right. So back to uh, Saul. So back, back to Saul. So we're, we're talking about Saul's encounter that he, that he had with the Lord. And, what I, and, and when the Lord uh, appeared to him, you have to read it on your own. But the Lord, because he had been, he, Paul, Saul got blind. And the reason why he got blind, he didn't get blind because he was blind like a sickness. If you read this situate, this um, episode is recorded three times in the book of Acts. Three, this time and two other times. When Paul gives his testimony to the kings at the end of book, the book of Acts, he goes back to this story. And later on in maybe Acts chapter 2 or Acts chapter 26, when he, when he tells this, his version of it again, he says he could not see because of the brightness of the light that shined. He, I mean, it, it was like a 
nuclear, nuclear fusion that just like blinded him. I'm talking about a power encounter. And so the Lord appears to Ananias and tells him when he's praying, I want you to go and God gives Ananias the man's name and he gives him the man's address where he can be found. And he tells him, I want you to go to such and such address to Saul of Tarsus. Right now he's praying and he has seen in the vision you coming and laying your hands on him. So I want you to go do that. And the only, this is what I learned today. The only instruction that God gave uh, Ananias was go lay hands on him so that he can receive his sight. That's all he told him. Now watch what Ananias tells him when he gets there. Ananias knew. Remember I said that in the, the early church, they knew they needed the Holy Spirit. So God didn't tell Ananias and be filled with the Spirit. Ananias already knew that he needed to be filled with the Spirit because that's what they did. Nowadays, we just get people saved and, and we've really lost, it's in my opinion, just that, that imperativeness. No, you're saved, now you need to be filled with the Spirit. And so they had that in the early church. And so Acts chapter nine, verse 17, and Ananias went his way and entered the house and laying his hands on his head, on, on him, he said, Brother Saul. See, he called him brother because now he's saved now. He got converted without even praying the sinner's prayer. But the Bible says in Acts, uh, no, Romans 10, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord. Saul didn't even have to, didn't even have to confess his sins. Did you know that in order to get saved, you don't have to confess your sin. You have to repent of your sin, but you don't have to confess your sins. I'd, I've been saved for a number of years. If I had to confess my sins in order to be saved, I'd still, be confessing. I'd still be confessing them. <laughs> so no, we repent. So Saul didn't even pray the sinner's prayer, but he repented. God's power touched him. And so now he's saved. But the reason why I'm bringing that out is that you have to be born of the spirit before you can be filled with the spirit. So he says, brother Saul. So God had really tested Ananias and, and Ananias fell in love with Saul. He says, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as, your, as you came has sent me that you might receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus didn't tell him that part, like I said, but he knew he needed to be filled with the Spirit. And so if Saul needed to be filled with the Spirit, then I wonder if you and I well, Jesus got filled with the Spirit. Jesus, him, that's even, that's even a bigger example. If Jesus needed to be, Acts chap, chapter 10, verse 38 says, how God anointed, God anointed Jesus with the Holy Spirit. I, I just want to say that, that God is going to visit the land again. God is going to visit the church again with a fresh baptism and we're going to go, go back to, to the pattern 
of the early church. Now it's come and gone in the church for the past, you know, 2000 years. In my opinion, it's kind of gone a little bit. I might be wrong. Maybe it's just the region that we're living in, but there's going to be, um, it's going to be, and I don't, I'm going to say it in a carnal way, but I just want to bring a point out, out of point. It's going to be out of style, not to be filled with the Spirit. You're not in if you're not filled with the Spirit. And we're not even talking about speaking in tongues because that's been abused as well. Maybe that's what uh, the, the brother Jake. Jake was referring to. That's been abused. And speaking in tongues is not necessarily being filled with the Spirit because some of the meanest people in church, I'm talking to you, no, maybe not, maybe, maybe not you. Some of the meanest, people out. maybe some of the meanest people in church speak in tongues. So that couldn't be being filled with the Spirit. So anyways, I, I, just, I just want to give you, um, I just want to say this. So that's in Acts chapter 9, uh, read Saul's conversion. And then I think that the other part of it is in Acts chapter 22 and in Acts chapter 26, where Paul brings out different um, little sections that he doesn't mention in each of the um, other narratives of that encounter. That was an encounter. Someone says, man, that was a powerful encounter. I want to tell you, if, if you're hungry for God, and we're not seeking experiences, we are seeking God. And God is raw power. He is raw power. Well, I kind of like what you said on Sunday about um, people not seeking answers mm -hmm. but seeking jesus because he is the answer he is the answer and not seeking uh an experience an experience seek jesus because he is the experience because if you seek an answer and you get that question answered yes or no the experience is done yeah but if you seek christ and you seek god all the experiences and all the answers are there yeah so you don't it, it instead of having a cup of water, drink it directly from a, a stream where it doesn't end. Yeah, amen. <laughs> amen. That's a good word right there. All right. <laughs> Say hi to Andrea's in here. Hello, Andrea. And we got Tanya and Polly and Jake. We got a whole bunch of people in here. God bless you. Now I want to conclude this by telling you that the Lord has more for you. As a matter of fact. I'm starting to sense more and more, and I'm even sensing it right now. I just want to release that hunger to, to you. Hunger and thirst. Probably everybody watching are, have thought this. Man, there's got to be more to it than this. You know, I love God. I love church. I love my pastor. You know, I love the Bible. But there's got to be more than this. I want to tell you that there is more. And you're going to get more, and we're going to talk about how to get that more. Maybe not tonight, but we are at least going to um, talk about that God has more for you. I want to read to you a scripture to prove it. In John chapter 3, verse 34, and this is out of the New King James. It's a little bit different than the King James, this verse, the way it reads. And I like the way the New King James reads it because it reads it properly. And someone might say, how do you know? Well, search it out yourself. I can't take the time to tell you how I know, but I'm just going to read it out of John chapter 3, verse 34. It says, For he 
whom God has sent speaks the words of the Lord. So I want to say that if you want more of God, you got to stop speaking gossip. You got to stop speaking. I'm going to step on some toes there, including mine. <laughs> you got to stop speaking doubt and unbelief. You got to stop speaking murmuring and complaining. We, we cannot be one thing at home. Like I, I said this last night at church. You know, we, a lot of times at church, we say, Lord, we welcome you. We welcome you, Holy Spirit. We welcome your glory. But yet we didn't do anything to prepare for it at home. So God saying, well, at home, you weren't saying that at home. Now all of a sudden you come to church, you want my glory? No. Hunger begins here at home. And so it says that he whom God has sent, that would be you. Someone says, well, no, it's not. No, if you're a believer, God sent you. But you have to speak the words of God. Not sometimes, that's what you speak all the time. For God does not give his spirit by measure. How much, how much of God's spirit do you have in you? It's like God doesn't portion out a cooking, you know, two cups. He didn't give you a shot glass of the Holy Spirit. I, I, I don't know what a, I don't know what a shot glass is. He okay. don't give you a coffee mug full of the Holy Spirit. There, there you go. He gives you the whole the whole uh, brewery. Yeah, Amen. So God doesn't God does yeah God doesn't give you a shot. He doesn't give you a cup. You could start off with a cup, but there's more. He doesn't He doesn't portion it out and say, "Well, I can only give you so much of my Spirit." God says. How much do you want? And is that why people, especially when they first get saved, they get so hungry, they just binge, binge in reading the Bible and listening mm-hmm. to um, preachers and, and sermons and they have that hunger. Yep. And it, and that's that's how they know that they're the Holy Spirit's hit them. Yeah. Because he provides that hunger. He's like, hey, you like this? Do you yeah. like how this feels? Then you're gonna want more of it. Yeah. And so that could answer kind of like Jake's question of how do you know when you receive it? It's like you receive the spirit when you start getting hungry. Yeah. Because somebody that that gets the spirit, they don't go, Oh, that was great and oh, I guess I'll wait till next week. Yeah. No, they get in there and they're like, Oh, okay, I'm listening to the Pastor Paul busting out scriptures so I'm going to read those and then I'm going to read this one and I'm going to read this one and I'm, mm-hmm. and then they get the daily bible and then they start looking at the back of the concordance and the glossary and start yeah. looking up words so that is a good a good indication that you've been hit with the spirit is when yep. you get that hunger your favorite, you you know you you know you to answer that question again you know you've been hit with the with the spirit when your favorite programs on TV like the Lakers are playing or something now don't get mad Trailblazer fans <laughs> or Toronto uh, Raptors or Paul's a Lakers fan he's looking forward to LeBron taking over yeah <laughs> but whatever it is the voice whatever you know you've been hit with the spirit when you're when that's on and you just sense man I you know what I'm not even gonna put that on I want to go get refilled I, I am so hungry 
I can videotape that and watch that later on if I want to. I am so hungry. And nobody's telling you it's not legalistic. It's not a guilt trip about TV. You're, you're just so hungry for God. And so the thing is, like going back to what Ryan was saying, and uh, is, the, is um, that we, you can maintain that hunger. We don't want to lose that hunger. I've been saved for a number of years, and I can honest, honestly say that I've not lost that hunger. But I have to be honest that I've come to realize that in the upper room, they had, and we're going to, we're getting ready to, to conclude for the, for this evening. In the upper room, it started off with 120. That's how big the church worldwide was, 120. Now it's in the millions, maybe billions. It, but it started off, and then it spread to the, the thousands. That group, they had a baptism so powerful that it was said of them that they turned the world upside down. No wonder we haven't been that effective in all of our evangelistic efforts. Everything that we do, if we do do anything, our results sometimes are minimal at best. I wonder if we have the same intensity, the same intensity of a baptism that they had. My conclusion is I don't. I've been filled with the Spirit. I speak in tongues, but I am convinced that there is more for me and I want more of Him. And I am willing to set aside things that aren't bad. This is not legalistic. This is God moving. In, in, uh, in our lives. That's when you know you've been hit with the Spirit. See, when, when in the natural, when you drink water, you can only drink so much and then you're done. But when it comes to God, when you start drinking of His Spirit, you just want more. When you start feasting on the things of God and you're filled with the Spirit, you want more. You don't get, you don't get full, I don't want no more. No, you want more. And so, Father, we pray tonight that the people that are watching will hunger for more of your spirit. Lord, I'm asking you, God, to give us a hunger and a thirst. And I'm asking, God, that you send out worldwide, but particularly in the United States of America, God, in the West Coast, Pacific Northwest, all the way to the East Coast, from Canada to Mexico. God, give the church in America a fresh baptism of your spirit. Pour it on. Do it again in our day so that we can get this job done with the same anointing that Jesus had, with the same anointing that Saul of Tarsus had with the same anointing that Philip had when he went to Samaria, the same anointing of Jonathan Edwards and Charles Finney and, and the Wesley brothers in D.L. Moody with the same anointing, the same power and even a greater measure. You said that you have saved the best for last. 
And so, Father, we believe that this, that time is now. Fill us with your spirit and then come, Lord, for your church, because we're going to give you a mighty, mighty billion soul harvest in Jesus name. Amen and amen. So we got one more question from Jake. Is it possible to be baptized in the spirit first before getting baptized in water? Definitely, definitely. Um, it, it, read Acts chapter 10. Uh, that, that is, remember Peter was preaching in Acts chapter 10? And uh, there's another example. When God decides to move, he'll move. You know, we don't, sometimes we get in the way with, with our religious protocol. I'm guilty of that. Um, Peter didn't get them saved first and then filled with the Spirit. It says in Acts chapter 10, while he was preaching, the Spirit of God fell on them and they got filled with the Spirit. They spoke in tongues. They, they spoke in tongues and they prophesied. They weren't even water baptized yet. They got baptized with water later. So you read that on your own, Acts chapter 10. So we love you. And is that it on the question? Yeah, keeping it real. Keeping it real. That's what we do here. Keeping it real. So we want to say that, uh, oh, if um, if you can think of another topic when we're done with this one for, for the month of August, for the month, month of September, shoot in those topics that you would like to see us uh, talk about. And you can ask some questions on, on those topics, whether it be the second coming um, or whatever anything. it is. Yeah, anything. Marriage, it can be on... Anything and everything. Yep. Those we can search it and look it up, and that's what this is for. This is here for you guys to ask those questions that you have that you can't answer, that you can't ask on Sunday. Yep. And that's that's why we're coming to you live, so we can answer it on on the air live. You can also uh, write us on thewaymedford.com. You can hit us up on Instagram at thewaymedford. On Facebook, you can you can messenger us questions and topics, anything that you need to that you need and want to know. This is this is the place for it. So hit us up. See you next time. God bless you.